Call America is a history podcast about what makes America great. I'm Carl Joseph Black, a Brooklyn native born into the cult. And I'm Lisa Charlotte, an Australian migrant who totally bought into it from afar. Each episode, we unpack the American way of life from an outsider's perspective, from the Pledge of Allegiance to American exceptionalism and more. We'll dive into the history and share our personal experiences, along with discussion of some actual cults along the way. Listen to Cult America on a Three Springs Media Network, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this week's episode of That Brooklyn Film Show. I'm Jabari. And I'm Sabonjale. And this week we'll be getting into the live action and animated versions of Mulan. What makes them similar, what makes them different, and what we like and dislike about each one of them. But before that, we're going to get into kind of the renaissance that Disney has had of remaking animated or classic films into live action versions. Um, the first one that came out was actually Alice in Wonderland in 2010, which I believe was received pretty well. Um, I think that because it came out in 2010, it kind of put us that spin on the story that was like that 2010 darker spin that everyone was doing. Everyone was doing dark movies um, back then. It's like a dark it version of everything. was pretty well received. And since then, it's kind of gone from like one to now it's going to be 23 in total by the time they're done making all of them the second one was maleficent which again i haven't seen maleficent that counts that counts yeah because that's not really based on any animated film is it yeah it is based on sleeping beauty i know but it was it was about maleficent her story was brand new to the whole disney storylines wasn't it I mean, but you're still taking a character based off of existing film. Yeah, I thought that when I... Film and I'm thinking remakes, I guess, the live-action remakes. But I get what you're saying about it being a live-action version of a Disney movie. Yeah. But it wasn't a live-action Sleepy Beauty. It was more like a spin-off story. Yeah, that's true. I think it's also, again, very... It came out in 2014. So that's very much of the time where it was like, let's yeah. rewrite villains as these jaded anti-heroes as opposed it. to straight-up villains and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting to see where it's going from there, where then you start to get more of the straightforward live action remakes with Cinderella coming next. Um, I saw Cinderella. Did you see Cinderella? No, I didn't see Cinderella. With Cinderella, I think... The original I, one or the remakes? The remakes. No, I didn't see or the, the Cinderella. Remake. You mean the one with Brandy? No, the, oh. the Disney remake that came out in 2015. No, that one wasn't Disney? Dis no, that was um, Rog Roger and Hammerstein, I believe. Um, what does that mean? They're... A, it's just it's like a different version of the story. Um, they wrote the musical oh, okay. version of it. So, so this was that one was more based on the musical than the Disney live action. I mean, mm -hmm. the Disney cartoon. Yeah, I think is the Disney cartoon even a musical? Uh, and I don't think there's music in that one. I think there might be like one song. I've never. To, you know, Wasn't to there a song with the pump? I mean, the mice or something like that. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. So I can't really speak to it, which is why I think I partially enjoyed the live action remake. The brandy I one. Didn't, no, I keep mentioning the brandy <laughs> the one. The 2015 one. I don't remember that one. Yeah, see, it was. I think it did well, but I don't think that it made as big of a splash as they intended it to. Yeah. 
Um, but I enjoyed it well enough. And no, it didn't have Brandy in it. <laughs> I know, but there was one with Brandy. I there was one crazy. with Brandy. It was from the 1990s. Yeah. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Whitney Houston was the fairy godmother. So that sounds like a better um, movie. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. And then that was like the one where race didn't matter because somehow Whoopi Goldberg and this white man had an Asian son. And yeah. I was just like, what is this movie? Um, but I, I like, I remember liking it. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Um, but back to the Disney <laughs> remake, the 2015 version. Um, I think to me, I enjoyed it because, again, I don't think I had that connection that I have to a lot of the other Disney films. Disney films. Yeah. So again, like Jungle Book, which came out the next year, I had never seen the original Jungle Book. Yeah. So when I saw this Jungle Book, I thought that it was, you know, fun. I enjoyed it a lot, actually. I think I like saw it twice or something like that. Um, and then from there, you get more of them, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, that wasn't great. Uh, the Christopher Robbins movie. Did which Beauty and the Beast take any... um? creative liberties like some of the other movies did i never seen the original beauty and the beast so i really don't know what 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 you've never seen the original beauty and the beast no nah, i've never seen it oh my god i know the music related. and songs and stuff like that but i don't really i never seen the movie in full i've okay. seen it i've seen enough bits and pieces over the years to, feel like to kind of it. stitch it together in my mind yeah um, but i never sat down and watched the whole beauty and beast film yeah i i personally really enjoy beauty and the beast i guess one of the but I also think I'm of that time. I mean, we're like not that far apart in age, but um, I'm gonna say like what? <laughs> I feel because I was thinking about Cinderella and Jungle Book. To, those were like obviously way before we were, yeah, even born or whatever. So didn't just Cinderella come out like well? Cinderella came out in like the 1950s or something. Oh shoot! Okay, yeah. Never mind. Um. So I think we're of the time of like the Beauty and the Beast and the Mulan yeah. and the Aladdins and the Little Mermaids and so on and so forth. So for us, I think personally, for me, I have more of a connection to those films, which is maybe why like I see them, maybe I'm more critical Because of you know what the original animated film was. I know was. what the original animated film was. It was a part was. of your childhood, mm -hmm. so it's a little bit different. Yeah, like I know the songs, like I have a playlist of musical songs and yeah. several of those movies are included on it. Um... So for me, I'm like, I think before we get into Milan, I think some of the, what we're about to touch on here is going to be the same thing that you see in Mulan, which is a lot of that feeling that like magical, you know, yeah. like there's something special about this. This is joyful. You remember the song. You just it doesn't translate the same to you got to be sure to not just to, to separate nostalgia from our critical lens of the... I mean, but to be fair with them, they remaking these movies so they know that nostalgia doesn't play a factor in people's opinion of them. I, yeah, I mean... Nostalgia can be blinding, though, for a lot of movies. And I feel like I some agree, of the good ones get a bad rap because people's nostalgia. I agree and disagree. Well, I agree that you can't only let nostalgia, you know, I guess, color the... your review of something or the vision of something. Which is part of, and, but also again, what you're saying is right. They're tapping into nostalgia, which is why these yeah. remakes are happening in the first place. Because you can say you want to introduce them to a new generation, but all of your older movies are accessible to this new generation. Yeah, so exactly. really, your core audience is going to be someone like me and you, the ones who grew up on it. So now we want to see how it gets translated to live action. So it's definitely tapping into the nostalgia, just like all the shows that are like 
Stranger Things and stuff, which teenagers love, but you can also get people who grew up in the 80s who want that nostalgic vibe to go back yeah, exactly. and watch it. So it's kind of like a twofold thing where it's like, okay, you can say that you don't fully want to tap into nostalgia or you don't want nostalgia to to um, color your your view of something, but at the same time, that's exactly what you're trying to do by creating these in the first place. They're essentially... Yeah. Um, most most of them are just like beat by beat the same movie just with real people basically um and for a couple of them i think it works for others not so much like for again jungle book i haven't seen the original so i can't speak too much to the um translation i guess from cartoon to, to, to live action yeah but I enjoyed it for what it was. I feel like they didn't take themselves too seriously, although they had like the whole storyline with the panther. That's what it was, right? I think it was a panther. Yeah. They had that. Panther whole... or jaguar, one of the two. I think they're pretty much the same animal. Um, they had that whole storyline. So, um, it did, but it didn't try to go too dark. To me, Beauty and the Beast tried to add like, a feminist plot line if I'm remembering correctly and I was kind of like I mean I don't think you needed to add that on top of it because you saw very much in the original film that Belle was very much like I am my own person yeah I'm not going to be like you know his poor little wife or whatever she was in the bookstore and all well, that I stuff which the was same thing. um yeah and I feel like some some of those things are heavy-handed additions yeah. as opposed to the original film which got the message across. Yeah. I think the problem without. with some of it, like Aladdin, it kind of felt like they tried to give Jasmine more like agency, agency in the film, but it kind of didn't fit the plot. Mm-hmm. It kind of was just like, Oh, let have her have a song just to show that she's her own independent person when they could have like ingrained her in the plot a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think they didn't want to, um, upset the people who like the original too much mm-hmm. so they're like oh let's give her agency but let, it, let us keep the same exact story beats yeah and i think that's what some of the problems often is is that you can do that but it's going to feel forced and heavy-handed mm-hmm. and it can be heavy-handed but just make sure it has impact on the overall story so it doesn't just feel like you're um what's what i'm looking for like you're um pandering to people yeah because it then- feels like pandering when you don't have agency attached to the I also, again, I feel like a lot of these characters had agency in the original, at least to me, you know, like maybe I'm looking at it from a different lens, but to me, I never pictured Jasmine as not having agency. Like maybe you have that one moment where Jafar made her wear like that red outfit or whatever, but the whole point is that he was taking away everyone's agency because he was like, I'm this all powerful man now that I have a genie by my side. So... You know, if you want to take something like that away, that's understandable. But I don't think in the original movies, like for Beauty and the Beast or even Aladdin, that the original characters didn't have agency. And there's like different things you can discuss. Maybe people like to talk about like Stockholm Syndrome with uh, yeah. Beauty and the Beast and stuff. But in the new movie, she still ends up with the Beast. So that that was going to happen, you know, either way. That's like the central plot line of the film. And then you get into the issue where you do a literal remake with something like Lion King, which is heavily debated between is that even considered live action because technically it's all animated. everything in there is, yeah, CGI animals. Um, and to me, that one didn't work because the thing with cartoons is that you can exaggerate emotions, right? Yeah. 
you can exaggerate a lion to be happy or sad or crying or however when you take a real like realistic looking lion it's harder for you to put that emotion upon it Mm -hmm. so then it's harder to create that feeling because essentially what you're doing when a film is like focused on animals as opposed to people is you have to make us feel for those animals the same way we feel for people with their story and their plot and, and you know Mufasa dying and everything and it's tough to do when you have a photorealistic rendition Lion. of an animal yeah, yeah. Um, so that's to me part of the reason why something like Lion King works less well than something like Beauty and the Beast Be- or no, Aladdin. Aladdin yeah um, I, I don't think Beauty and the Beast worked well at all oh you don't like that movie no um, what movies do people consider that's good? I know that Aladdin was mixed received, yeah, but for the most part, it was considered one of the better ones. I think Jungle Book was considered one of the better that ones. That was considered well received. Um, what else was well received? Um, I think the Cinderella was decently received. Decently received yeah. All the movies, none of them are like, oh my god, this is the one. This is a, a Oscar worthy film. But I feel like Aladdin probably had the best reception so far. Yeah. I mean, Cinderella had 84% on Ryan Tomatoes. That's not, that's good. Aladdin had 57, so. Maybe that's why I said it's mixed. Yeah. Like, um, maybe because I enjoyed it, I, I'm, I'm being biased. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it too. I'm going to be honest. Like, but I also think because I had seen so many of the live action Disney movies yeah. by that point, I went in there with low expectations. So when I actually enjoyed it and I was like, you know what? Okay, and then I think this is something that we were talking about about the, how the other ones don't capture. I feel like it was fun. Yeah, I feel like that's a big thing that a lot of the kids' movies, the cartoons ones, were fun. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of live actions, you're missing that. So speaking of fun, let's go into the review for Mulan. Um, let's start with the 1998 version. Okay. Um, Mulan is an American animated musical historical adventure film. Um, based on a Chinese legend of Hua Mulan. And essentially it is about Mulan, whose father is supposed to go into war. And instead of allowing him to do so, she takes his place and poses as a male soldier until she's exposed at for who she is and then has to convince her um, team to join or help her save the emperor. Her team. I not going to think of the word her battalion. Her unit. Her unit. There we go. I'm like, I know it's not a team in the army, but you know what I mean? Um, Help them save her, or not her, save the emperor of China. So what did you think of the 1998 film? What's so much you can say about the 1998 film hasn't already been said. Um, It's a superb film. I think that the pacing of it is really good. The music of it is some of the best to me in any Disney film. My personal favorite Disney film is um, Hunchback of Notre Dame because I think the music in that is like spectacular. And I think Milan is probably my second favorite Disney film in part because of the music. And I also like that Milan is like one of the few Disney... I don't know if she counts as a Disney princess, she's but... She's on the Disney princess roster, but she's eh, technically not a princess. Yeah, so she's, one of, she's probably the... I mean, a lot of Disney princesses have agency, but I like that she like takes things in her own, her own hands to get stuff done. Yeah. And I always like that about Mulan. She's always been one of my favorite Disney characters. Also, she's not like, she's not the strongest or whatever, but she uses cunning in order to to combat her enemies who are bigger and stronger. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I always just like Mulan in general. She's a 
Disney Princess Princess of Color, which you don't have many of. We started getting more now, but you got two or three. I mean, Mulan, Jasmine, and Tiana. You also got. Does Mulan count as a Disney yeah, I guess princess? Maybe Mulan. If Mulan is a Disney princess, yeah, Mulan counts. She's actually more of a princess than Mulan, so and Tiana. Is Tiana even really a princess? Yeah, she married Prince Naveen. It's yeah, easy. technically. She married into princesshood. Look at Meghan Markle. Fair enough. Well, she's not really a princess, actually. Never mind. That so was they, only, they left the royal family. I know. Never but, mind. Yeah, so I think that Mulan in general is a great character. The story's great. I think Eddie Murphy was one of... No, he wasn't. Who was the... There was, I watched a video about who was the first Disney, like, sidekick. Mm-hmm. And I, forget, I think it was the genie, was it? And after... Um, what's his name again? Robin Williams. Robin Williams did the genie. They wanted to, like, have comedians play sidekick in almost every Disney movie after that. But yeah, I think that, um, what's his name? Eddie Murphy in Mulan is one of the lesser annoying sidekicks. Lesser like, annoying? He's actually like funny and he doesn't feel like they're just forcing him in for the sake of like having a comedic, um, comedic backdrop. So mm-hmm. I actually like that about it. I like that, um, yeah, just in general, I really enjoyed the Mulan. I like the characters. I like the music. And it's one of my favorite Disney films. Yeah. I think for me, actually, is my favorite. When I was growing up, it used to be The Little Mermaid. And then I grew up and I realized Ariel was 16 and she really just needed to sit down. Um, so. It was also like the 1800s. You as I grew up, that's true. But she was also, you know, a mermaid. So I'm assuming they probably that's had a true. better lifespan. Um, Fish don't live that long, though. She probably but, was like I mean, 50 in her age. Just, it was just very, all of her problems were very teenage. Like, yeah. dad, I want to explore the real world or the land. And it's like, okay, girl, yeah, do you? No, I get that. Um, so I think as I grew up, I was like more interested in Mulan. And again, a big thing for me is the music. And I love the music in Mulan. And to me, it's like, I like it a lot because there's not a lot of songs, mm-hmm. but all the songs are very effective hit. in their messaging yeah. or whatever it's supposed to be doing um and yeah i like that mulan again it's just like you mentioned she's nothing i don't say nothing special but she's just a girl who is doing what she believes is honorable yeah, she and doesn't she's have like going, any power she's yeah. not like a princess with a ton of money or anything like that she's just a, a citizen of china who Wanted to help her father, so she did. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes her different. Yeah. Is that what makes her special is that she's not really all that special. Yeah, and she was, yeah. Um, and the fact that, like, she took a risk that honestly could have ended her life, but she yeah. knew she had to do it. And I like it because it didn't feel like she was doing it because she was like, I want to be a soldier. And you already saw, they, you know, they introduced you to the idea that she's not this perfect girl or whatever. Um, she may be more of a free spirit, but they never introduced you to this idea that she's like this fighter or anything like that. She yeah. just seems like a free spirit who maybe doesn't fit the mold of what a woman was supposed to be. She at that was time. Um, very rebellious for her age, mm-hmm. but she wasn't like a physical fighter or no. anything like that. She was just kind of a girl who felt something was wrong with some, some of the culture of her time, and she acted on it basically. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, you have, and then the characters that you have on the side, Mushu, um, even Cricket, or the trio of guys, I don't remember their name, I'll be honest, um, who bring that comedic element to it that you get to know, and then Li Shang, who is like 
the best, if you call him a prince, best Disney prince in my opinion, besides like Aladdin. They count him as a prince? I don't know. What is it? That's, that's, they reach in now what a prince and a princess is. I mean, it was fully a general. Yeah, so okay, a general, but he's like one of the best Disney ones that I think. No, I agree with there. that. If we do count him as a prince, I mean, his competition isn't really that tough either. That's true. You got what, Aladdin? Aladdin. That's Aladdin. Um, you got yeah. like all the ones that like to kiss sleeping girls, so they kind of automatically out of the. Yeah, they out the of the running. picture. They you don't have that much character development anyway. Prince Charming from Cinderella, who can even tell a girl by her face or by her shoe. Yeah. You know, you got a bunch of messes. So when you have one that's interesting, that makes the film more interesting. Um. So yeah, so I personally love the. 1998 version of Mulan, the animated version, and I think that rewatching it right before watching the 2020 version mm-hmm. helped inform um, my opinion of the 2020 version more. Mm-hmm. So that, like you mentioned, you can kind of get lost in the nostalgic aspect. But I think watching it again without thinking about it from that nostalgic lens, and maybe that's another conversation we could have for another time. Maybe it's impossible to remove. Yeah, I think so. That nostalgic lens. But I do think that there are movies that I've seen from childhood that just don't hold up well. Yeah. And to me, most of the... Again, like something like Little Mermaid. I think Little Mermaid holds up perfectly fine. But I just see a different perspective of it now that I'm older as opposed to when I was... Some of those, the messages behind it Yeah. don't feel as relevant now that you're a little bit older. Yeah, I'm like, oh, before I was like the teenager and now I'm the adult. So I'm like, yeah. I just see it from that different perspective. Um, well, that's why I said Watch is my favorite Disney film because I feel like the messages in that are timeless as far as what we're going through now in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. It's probably the movies that people like least as a kid because it's pretty... Yeah, you know which one's really good? I don't want to get too much into what's a good one, but Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Even watching that now with Stitch having or Lilo having been like five or six in that movie, I'm still like, you know what, Lilo girl, I be feeling what you're saying sometimes. Your little depressed <laughs> depression and Elvis listening. I understand what's going on, but I feel like that that messaging kind of carried over more so than something from like The Little Mermaid to me. So that kind of transcended the. Those movies have way more basic messages. Like Little Mermaid, Hercules. A lot of the movies really, if you want to call them a message, they were trying to be like. Yeah. As apolitical as possible. Yeah. A moral as not what not I amoral, moral. but <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole point is to teach kids moral. Yeah, I'm about to say that. Not amoral, but try to be as like not take too many kind of sides for politically. Everyone, yeah. yeah. Just be super PC and whatnot. So they weren't trying to like especially those in the nineties where like anything was considered offensive back then. So anything, you had to be anything was considered offensive in the nineties? I mean, like... I feel like in the 90s, nothing was considered offensive. I'd be watching shows from the 90s, like... I mean, like, if you said something, like, political slightly, people would be like, oh, my God, you can't put that in a movie. Like, we weren't getting Zootopia in the 90s. That's true. Like, you could be super racist, but you couldn't be, like, make any kind of real statements about the world at the time. Yeah. I agree. I I can see that, yeah. Um, So that's what I mean when I say, like, you couldn't be offensive, is that mm -hmm. you had to please everyone and pick no sides. But I feel like they still do that now with... Trying. I mean, I think you get more of political messaging in subliminal ways, although Zootopia isn't really subliminal. Um, but I feel like now, in terms of their cartoon you're, uh, or animated, you're right, they're pushing the boundaries more. So yeah. you have things like Inside Out, which is exploring a child's emotions in like a fun way. Yeah, borderline depression. That movie was so good. Um, I didn't see it, though. Yeah, you have like... I tried to watch it, but I couldn't get past that pink thing. It was kind of annoying to me. 
Oh yeah, I think once you get past that, oh, that the pink thing had like the saddest scene in the movie, and I don't want to yeah, no. spoil it for you, but I was legit there, almost crying. I didn't quite get to tears, but I was like super was close. Right yeah, I was, man. Um, but yeah, I think now the movies are getting a little bit more. They're starting to push the boundaries more and more with their messaging. I feel like yep. it started maybe around the time of like a Mulan or something, because then you have something like. Lilo and Stitch, which touches on like adoption by an older sibling and yeah. you know what family is and all of these things. So it did start to expand a little bit more, I guess, from the more simple stories that you got way earlier on. Um, but that was kind of a sidebar. So let's double back to now the, I guess, final thoughts of the 1998 Mulan, and then we can get into the 2020 Mulan. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's not much you could say about the 1998 Mulan that wasn't said. It's one of the best Disney films that was ever made. And it feels timeless. The messaging in it is always going to be timeless. Like, stand up for what you believe is a message that's probably never going to go away no matter where you are in the world. Mm -hmm. Unless you're, like, living in a dictatorship. And even then, they're going to still push those messages. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just think it's a timeless film that despite the time since it came out holds up really well yeah um okay so now the 2020 mulan so everything i said about the 1998 mulan about the storyline same thing just take away the music essentially in mushu and a lot of other things the character but, development um you said what in the character development in the character development and the fact that mulan was a normal girl and um Li Shang and what else? Like so many things. Yeah. Oh, and Grand Grant or whatever they call her. Just keep the name Mulan and you pretty much got the same movie. Granny. Um, they took her away and added a younger sister, which I don't understand. Who had no purpose in the film. Why they did that. Yeah, like, you they added a younger grandma. sister and she was like actually a good character. We're like, oh, we see why you added her to help develop mm -hmm. Mulan. Nope. Yeah, the grandma was funny. Um, she actually like you know, added Lucky Cricket to the film and all that stuff. Like, I enjoyed her character, although she was a minor character because, you know, you spend most of your time with Mulan off in the um, army. You, it, it still was something that, that was added, a comedic element. I feel like that's what this film missed. There was no levity or comedy mm -hmm. or fun, really. And then it didn't know what it wanted to be. Like, you start with Mulan having something called chi. And I'm like, I mean, I know chi is like a real thing and I believe in Chinese culture, so I don't want to like dismiss it, but they use it in a way that it seems like a superpower almost. And it's just so confusing because the whole point of Mulan, it seemed like from the original is that she's like a normal girl yeah. who by circumstance, her father has to go to war and she knows that this man is injured. So she goes to war for him, yeah. knowing she's risking her life, you know, to be Mulan. Because if she was like that in the movie where she had like superpowers, super training, it wouldn't have felt as like special because it's yeah. like, well, you obviously could handle yourself. So you're not really taking much of a risk. Yeah. You beat all the bad guys up. Mm -hmm. So you're basically John Wick of Chinese culture back then. It's like, why do mm -hmm. we care if you're going to go to war? Because we know you're not going to be in danger. Yeah. Like, where's the risk involved in this? They put all the risk on the, um, oh, if you get caught, you're going to dishonor your father. It's like, but then that, that, okay, we can, as we get further into the film, we can talk about that because even that part she was dishonored for about two minutes and then it wasn't even like a reveal it was kind of or it was a reveal but it was more like i'm revealing myself as opposed to i'm saving you getting injured and Basically, getting caught yeah. kind of thing 
which to me, I'm like, I, I just, I don't, I don't get some of the creative choices made. And I remember when they first announced this movie, you were like excited because they were doing something different. Yeah, it was. Which I totally understand. That's why I was very open-minded. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm a Miss Mushu, Miss Lee Shang. I'm a Miss, I didn't know the grandma was going to be in it. I'm a Miss like the cricket. I'm a Miss all these characters. <laughs> Mr. Grandma. I mean, I know I didn't know the grandma wasn't going to be in it. So I didn't think I was going to miss the grandma. Um, but I was like, okay, you know, let me be open-minded because a lot of the beat by beat remakes haven't worked. But yeah. the weird thing is that this tried to do something different, but then it also kept a lot of the major moments uh-huh. from the movie original movie so i'm kind of like what do you want to be do you want to be them worse it just did them worse and then it took the real big climactic moments and took them away completely yeah you know what i mean and then like it tried to introduce the characters of those three guys who were her friends who became her friends after they fought but they didn't really introduce those guys so i'm like mm-hmm. why do i why do i care about you why do i care about what happens to you mulan they never really endear you to her at all um she's kind of stoic for most of the movie not really giving you much i'm like give me more girl yeah um yeah it's just the the new love interest guy is kind of bland too like all you know is that he got mad at her because she turned her back to him or whatever but really it was because she was showering and he didn't really do much of those like we don't know anything about him we don't know where he's from yeah what his culture is like not when i say culture i mean like what his family life is like mm-hmm. was he from a tough family or something like that we just don't know anything about him yeah and then i think a lot of the a lot of the things that like the big impact in the first movie or something right yeah is with the villain okay also you have like a witch woman introduced into this one and that was random. who i guess she's supposed to be like one side of the same coin for her and mulan or something where it's like this is what Mulan could be if she becomes upset at the world as opposed. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to do with her. Yeah, I didn't know. Because um, <laughs> I'm like, I didn't get it at all either. I thought they were taking away talking animals and stuff, maybe to make it more realistic. But then you have a woman who is like, I'm like, it seems like they looked at the villain in the animated movie, looked at his bird, and was like, you know what? That's it. Yeah. That's the character I want to know more about. And I'm like, why? Why is his bird now a witch woman? I'm confused. I just don't understand. Oh, that was the, the bird. Oh, that was supposed to be the same. I mean, character. I under, I I'm assuming just because she happened to be a bird and he happened to have a bird. I don't I know catch if it's that. the That's same funny. bird. Turn that bird into. But I'm like, is is the bird the one that caught your attention when yeah. you were watching Mulan the first time? Like, I, mean, I just don't, don't need understand. More of the bird. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Um, and I feel like I mean, her character was as interesting as she could possibly be, but like. It still wasn't enough, um, and I don't. It's just some of the choices, like when Mulan went to the camp or whatever, right? She wore binding, which, from my understanding, binding is painful, um, so you don't want to wear it all the time. In the original Mulan, she had her own tent, so at mm-hmm. night she's safe. She could take. I'm it not mad at stuff like that because the binding is like part of Chinese culture. So no, no, chest binding is not part of Chinese culture. I'm sure, they had it back I don't then, think though. So. I'm, because I'm like every pretty much every culture that but, found a way to put women in pain for that's true. But no, I think the binding was just a fly in her chest, so she looked like yeah. A that's what I'm saying. So that stuff, like, I don't mind. No, it's I don't so mind like her binding. That stuff. that makes sense to me. It's her taking it off. Oh yeah, which she has to take it off. Like, you know you want to take it off if, if it's painful 
But then the, the why change it from her being in her own tent to her being in a tent I guess with a bunch of guys? Her having a tent of her own would be a little bit more, more unrealistic. I guess. Because it's like, then, why would this random soldier get their own tent? Like, it's just it, the whole thing is then predicated on the idea that she wakes up before everyone else. Yeah. To put her binding on it. You can't tell me every single day she was at camp. And maybe this is me thinking too much into it, but I'm just thinking like me as a woman, if I was pretending to be a dude in a time where I would be put to death if anyone found out, I don't think I would ever take the risk of being discovered. Yeah. And I feel like when she took that off every night, she was taking that risk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like they try to show in other ways that she was trying to uh, not do that by like not showering and stuff. But like that seemed like a big thing, especially when she knows her roommate rolls over and cuddles you. Yeah. I'm like, so you're going to stay awake every single night to roll out of it. Like it just, I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's just things like that. Or the fact that in the scene where she decides to just be Mulan again. Oh, and I'm sorry, I'm getting just so distracted. I have so many thoughts about this movie. Um, they threw that random line in from that one song, the A Girl Worth Fighting For. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're not going to add the music, just don't add the music or add the instrumental. But this doesn't fit in this part. Or even like they added part of the training montage that they have in the original movie. And it's like, okay, so the only reason she couldn't do anything is because she was dampening down her chi as opposed to her really learning and growing through this experience and like you said using her cunning because in the original movie when they do the whole let's i'll make a man out of you sequence or whatever the whole reason that she ended up getting to the top is because she used her brain as opposed to trying to use like brute strength or anything yeah, she was like okay this movie, she was brute force yeah and that's i think what i didn't like because i'm like I like the fact that before she was an underdog who had to use her mind as opposed to pure strength, as opposed to this movie where she, I guess it was an underdog because she was a woman, but she was like a naturally gifted fighter, fighter she was and more gifted nimble. Than, yeah. She was um, just strong. Yeah. And it wasn't really like, where's the risk in you having to go to war if you fight better than all the guys? Yeah. Like she's training with the general or not the general, who was the general, but they changed his character for whatever reason. She's training with him, and she's, like, fighting toe-to-toe with him. And it's like, okay, we get it. You want to make a strong woman character. And, like, those are good to have in some movies. But what made Mulan unique in the film was not her strength, but her um her cunning. And in this movie, she didn't feel cunning because she never really had to be. Like, mm-hmm. if you could beat everyone in a fight, then you really don't got to be that smart. Like, let's be honest. Like, like you just got to be... Stronger than or faster than the person that you're fighting. That's what she was. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And you could tell that based on um, what was going on in the film is that she never once like you remember one scene where she had to like use her cunning in order to get out of the situation. No. Like I can't think of any. She was just stronger than everyone that she fought essentially. Yeah. Or more nimble or something. Exactly. It was always physical. It was never like something from her mind. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so let's go, to, I guess, to the next part is when they actually go to battle or whatever. And, again, that's another part of the movie that I feel like had a little bit more emotional resonance because, you know, obviously in the original movie, it was Mushu who created this order for them to go out to battle. And then they end up just finding out that the villain's 
kind of decimated this village and his uh, Lixing's dad as well. They have that in the movie? Yeah. I remember them leaving, but I just don't remember the reason they, they left. Yeah, Mushu um, oh, okay. created like a note. Remember he was on a panda's back? No, I remember that. I'm talking about in the the live action version. There was no Mushu, so who was? Oh the no, one no. That... I think they just happened to really be going to battle. Yeah, that's so all. I was confused. I was like, they didn't have that in the um, movie. What was their yeah their reason for leaving the village in the, the yeah? They just have. Action? They actually really went to battle, and that's another. Th- I I don't know. I feel like those moments like that help build out the story of the movie. I agree. And again, even when you're at base camp for that whole time, I feel like that's when you should have gotten to know all of the characters, but it was really just a montage of Mulan rolling, Mulan fighting. Um, the three guys who you really don't get to know or care about talking for a little bit, but they never really, do they ever say their names or introduce I don't think themselves? So. They kind of like, just let you know that they're, they're them because one is chubby, one is a little bit goofy and the other one is a tough guy. But yeah. You just have to assume that's the people, even though they're nothing like the characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. You just assume like, oh, that's that. Oh, that's him. Yeah. I remember you from the movie. Yeah. Even though y'all got nothing in common with the actual characters. Yeah. Um. So yeah, to to me, like none of, none of that works. Um. And then you get to the battle and, and they start battling, whatever. I barely remember the battle. I, the one scene I remember is when she, I don't know how she gets over to like, it looks like a sulfur field or something, but she yeah, gets over to the weird. sulfur field, field and she's fighting the witch woman and the witch woman, they're talking and she was like, you'll never survive if you don't say who you really are or something like that. And she then throws a star at her or something, but she's saved by her binding. Um, yeah, that part was weird. Which, okay, whatever. Maybe they're real thick. The part I don't understand is then, I guess, that the whole speech is in her head. You'll never be who you really are. Blah, blah, blah. So then she decides to completely, you know, take off the armor and then take down her hair. If you're, going, if you're doing anything in battle, you're not going to really take down your hair. Like, I feel like that's a whole... I'm a woman now thing in movies is like taking down your hair and shaking yeah. or something. But I'm like, realistically, if you were in battle, even if you're embracing who you are at this point, you're not going to take off armor when you're going to be around arrows and take down your hair, which can get into your face. Like what sense does that make? Yeah. No, they um, had a lot of dumb mistakes. Not only mistakes, but a lot of dumb choices like that. Yeah. Where it's like, why are you taking off your armor? If you're going to battle, if you're putting down your hair, like, they were caring more about the aesthetic more yeah, than the actual, than the actual. Um, facts of what might have happened in real life. Yeah. So they made a lot of choices like that in the movie. Yeah, and then you get the point to the point where she does the avalanche thing, which I guess is a moment of cunning more so than brute force um, that you see. But she does the avalanche thing, and then instead of, you know, the whole injured in her getting discovered, she walks out of the snow with her hair flowing. I'm like, this is just so, you're like, who saved us? Where is this person or whatever? And you see that it was Mulan. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, it doesn't work. And then she goes on a knee and, you know, begs for forgiveness or whatever. And instead of executing her, they just say she's disgraced. And I guess it's because of the same reason in the original film is that she um, saved their lives. Yeah. Um, so then she's disgraced, but then I guess she sees, or she finds out that there's a plan to kill the emperor. 
and she goes back to the army to tell them. And this is a moment I, I think that became the, like, the least believable to me. So, and maybe it's because we don't get a chance to really see up the rapport that they built together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the original movie, you know, they said that the emperor is going to get attacked. And she has to ride to the imperial city and kind of try and convince, or she sees the soldiers, but they shrug her off. Yeah. You know what I mean? They t- like, they're upset with her. They say, no, I don't believe you or whatever. Um, and then she tries to talk to the people of the land because it's a celebration because the war is over or whatever. And they all um, kind of shrug her off too until the emperor actually gets kidnapped and then that's when they start to work with her or whatever to me that's believable to me what isn't believable is she goes to the camp Mm -hmm. she speaks to the general the general doesn't listen and then random boyfriend can't remember his name goes (laughs) i believe mulan and someone else goes i believe mulan someone else i believe i'm like yo really i feel like it was like that that moment and um what was it with all the people are standing up in that movie saying, I am I'm Spartacus. Yeah, I am Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I'm, I'm like, like, I believe Mulan. I believe her too. I believe her. Like, guys, I'm like, I it wasn't like, that liberal back then. Yeah, I feel like this wouldn't have happened. I feel like she would have been. And executed. it didn't fit because they were trying to go like with this realistic aspect. It's like, if you're going to try to keep the realism yeah. on one hand, and on the other hand, they're like all 2020 modern men. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, and I, and I think that the issue is like, it. I don't know. It just kind of felt like a confused film. It's like, okay, so you want to be realistic, but you don't want to be realistic. You want to be a superhero film, but you don't want to be like this. You want to be this. It just felt like it didn't really know what it wanted to be. Exactly. Um, And then, again, the climactic moment of her saving the emperor was boring. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like an acrobatic dance thing. Not a dance, but, you know, like she's jumping through the um, scaffolding and balancing off these things trying to save the emperor she has a final showdown with the witch woman who eventually they come to agreement that was that was weird too that was out of nowhere that they come to an agreement yeah i was like i, I guess it was kind of like we're both women we get each other because we're both you know <laughs> like, these special we women this? or whatever right um and then she sacrifices herself for mulan i'm just like i'm it's just generally a confusing it's just, i don't know like nothing about it was enjoyable i agree it was just all boring yeah the whole movie from beginning to end was a boring film yeah and there was no real like any changes they try to make didn't work and the things that they try to keep didn't work because of the changes they made Mm, it's like you can't do what like if you're going to take something that works do it but if you're going to try to change things try to make it work like Mm. i feel like the changing of um the genie and aladdin worked because Will Smith is another charismatic charismatic actor like Robin Williams was. And they couldn't just be like, oh, let's try to recreate what Robin Williams did because that was so frantic and it was like very much of the times. Like, mm-hmm. you know how he used to do like a bunch of impersonations? Yeah. That wouldn't work today because impersonations aren't as relevant or funny as they was like in the 1990s. Yeah. So they're like, let's do what Will Smith does really well and that's like be the kind of fun, cool guy. In Mulan, they didn't have anything like that. They're like, let's make it more serious. Okay, but... Are you going to improve on the characters then? Are you going to give the characters more like of a serious background? No. 
So what are you trying to make it more serious for? There's no real point in doing that. Mm-hmm. Or like if you're going to um, take out the music. It didn't do anything with that free space. It was like some of the, the music could have, I don't want to say saved the movie, but it at least had something enjoyable about it. Mm-hmm. Like hearing a man make, out, make a man out of you would have been something to take away from the monotony of watching the rest of the movie. Yeah. So yeah, it's like every decision they made in the whole film was just like, why? Because mm-hmm. it didn't make it better in any way, and it only made it just more questionable. Yeah, I agree. Because when I'm, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I mean, obviously the movie was longer. And that's another thing. The movie was longer. Yeah. <laughs> but it felt like I got less from the characters. And I don't know if it's because you have songs or what, but those things seem to really have a big impact on the overall storytelling quality because I'm like how do you have a two-hour movie but I still feel like I don't really know your characters except for like I guess overarching character like naming characteristics of theirs like I know Mulan has chi I know that this and you know and that but I don't know who Mulan is as a character because you didn't endear me to her in this one the way I was in the cartoon um so yeah I just think that this one, to me, worked less than a lot of the previous remakes. Mm-hmm. And it was one of, and I'm thinking like maybe it would have been better in the theater. And the only reason I think that is because it seems like it, or it was a pretty film to look at. And I think that in like on a really big screen, it could be really nice to watch. But from a home viewing perspective where it's like it hinges more on the story and the storytelling. Well, I mean, not even the story. Well, again, less the story, more the storytelling because the story is very much similar to the original, um, movie. It, 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 to me, it failed on those aspects. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I don't, I literally can't think of anything I enjoyed about the movie. Like it's one of those films where I sat there the whole thing, and some movies are, like, so bad that you could, like, laugh at it and make fun of it. Yeah. This movie had a high production, so it wasn't bad in that aspect. So you couldn't really make fun of anything. So it was just a boring film. And it's and like, think, that's the worst kind of movie. It's just, yeah. like, it's boring and well... It's a boring, well-made film. It's, like, the costumes are good. The um, setting is well sh- is well shot. And all this other stuff. So you can't make fun of that. Because it's like, oh, look at that. They made a mistake. All that's good. So it's like, wow, this is just boring. Yeah. And then another thing is, I'm sorry, I just thinking about the fact that Mushu was gone, which I think part of it because his name was Mushu and I think that was like racist or something. Um, really? Yeah. But The dragon? Uh-huh. What was racist I think his Mushu? name came from Mushu Pork or something like that, oh. which isn't really Chinese or something. That's not. That's very Disney in the 90s. Um, but that whole Phoenix bit. Yeah. It came and went. Like, I don't know it, what they were trying kept, to do with that phoenix. Kept, I, I guess it's supposed to be like she's a phoenix rising from the ashes, but I never felt like she was in the ashes to begin with. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel like with the phoenix rising to the ashes. Oh, also it's like her rebirth moment? From the ashes thing, it's usually a rebirth. It kind of felt like she wasn't reborn, but maybe she was finally becoming who she was or something. So it felt like a phoenix maybe wasn't like... Harry Potter had a better phoenix. The right, yeah, the right analogy or something. I don't know. Um, but to me, those moments didn't work. So I feel like they were trying to keep like, okay, let's keep the ancestor aspect, but instead of Mushu, let's have the Phoenix. Let's keep this aspect instead of this, let's have this. And it's just like, again, you were right. It was boring. And I think that's the biggest problem because the original Mulan is not at all boring. 
and this one was. It was just boring. And I think, like, again, whatever faults you can find with the Aladdin from mm-hmm. last year. It wasn't boring. It wasn't boring. It was, you know, you could say whatever you want about it, certain parts that need, need to be added or certain things that were kind of corny, but it wasn't boring. It was still an entertaining yeah. film that was fun to watch, even if you didn't like the decisions mm-hmm. they made or the changes they added in, Yeah, which I personally did. Yeah, and I, I think that's like one thing when I go to the movies, again, you can have like a really bad movie, which sometimes can be fun. Like a movie that's so bad it's good kind of thing. Yeah. Or you have a good movie or you have like a middling movie. To me, this was like just a bad, boring movie, which I think is like the worst kind agree. of movie because... Choose one. Be bad or be boring, be boring, but don't be both. Yeah. Like, um, what's his name? Um, The the Room. That's a bad film, but it's not boring. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. It's like movies like that. Like you could be bad. You could be bad and entertaining, but when you're bad and, and boring, boring, it's like... You're just doing everything wrong. Because even some films that are like good films are kind of like, I don't really want to watch right now. Yeah, it's a exactly. boring, you know what I mean? But like it's, you recognize the fact that it's a good film. Um, but, or it may be not boring, but slow or whatever. But with this one, it was like, I wouldn't go back to it. Not even for like, if the visuals are nice enough, but it's not nice enough for me to want to watch it again or I something agree. like that. So yeah, I think that, this one wasn't it for Disney. I'm sure they're gonna make their money back, so I don't care. But this one wasn't it. Um, oh, I'm hoping maybe not since it's on streaming and a lot of people aren't paying for it. That's true. I'm hoping that um, Little Mermaid is gonna be good because I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Halle Bailey in it. Oh yeah, is it gonna have music in that one. Uh huh. <laughs> better, better have music. In say, that you one. got that girl and don't use the music. I would be <laughs> like. You know, people are even mad because they got a black Little Mermaid, but I'm here for it. Although, like I already mentioned, my issues with Little Mermaid. But they're gonna dye her locks red. I hope so. I hope they let her keep her locks and don't do like they don't destroy her locks or something. It. I learned about that. I'm sure she she's had locks for so long. I'm sure she knows, you know, how to properly how to take properly dye it. Because I'm sure she'll do it herself as opposed to let like and they might just um, do like fake dye. dye yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm definitely looking forward to that when it comes out. Which maybe I should learn my lesson and not look forward to Disney live action movies, mm-hmm. but. I'm going to set myself up for failure and look forward to that one. Um, so I'm hoping that, yeah, as the trend continues, because I don't see it going anywhere, because I feel like they do well enough with them, uh-huh. that they're going to continue it. I agree. Um, that they learn, I guess, like a happy medium between making a shot-for-shot shot remake. They can repackage their and movies and sell them again. Like, they're not going to stop, stop doing, doing them. it. Yeah. Like, I think they're doing a Lilo and Stitch one, too, and I'm like, oh, oh God. God. I'm going to have to get a five-year-old Lilo. I mean, yeah. But I want to have to have that Lilo fight that girl again. <laughs> Lilo was not playing. She was like, you want to talk about me? All right. She wasn't with the bullying. She really wasn't. I love that movie. Um, but I feel like, I mean, to me, with kid actors, you can, again, we're going side tangent, but um, with kid actors, you can get ones that are, like, really good and, like, are kind of I feel like the biggest thing with kid actors is they have to feel like kids. Yeah. Like not like they're overacting kids. Like I don't know if you've ever seen the Florida Project. Um, they were overacting. No, no, no. I was gonna say I think what I really That's liked about it good is that child actors. yeah, it literally because it's it's not like a movie where or I mean there is a storyline or whatever, but it's kind of like a mom and a daughter who mm-hmm. live in a hotel or a motel in Florida. So it's kind of like. They're living their summer days or whatever. Yeah. So when you have five-year-olds doing what five-year-olds do, it's just kind of like kids being kids. 
Yeah. Um, and it feels natural. It feels like what kids would really do, you know, like. That's how I felt about boyhood. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, I actually I felt like the guy in boyhood got worse as he got older. I think which maybe is funny enough. the older you get, the more aware of the you're camera you that get. You're acting, yeah. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, I'm acting now. I got to act well. Yeah. When your kid is just like, oh, I'm being a kid on camera. It's a yeah. fun experience. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully, again, these live actions get better. Um. Not worse, because this one was to me a myth yeah they're definitely um, missing more than they're hitting with these live actions yeah but again it, they making money from it so they're not going to stop making them anytime no definitely soon. not um so do you want to close out jabari uh yeah i think that um in closing you can do well live action remakes of these disney films it's just about tackling it in a way that is going to bring something new to the table because you can't just redo the old, same old thing no matter how much a lot of people will like that, but you have to bring something new that is gonna separate itself, but also not change the core of what the movie is. So yeah, so I pretty much agree with all your thoughts about um, finding, you know, like the the right balance between what originally was there and what's new in terms of these remakes. Um, I do hope they can or they start to improve. Um, and that they have more hits than misses because again these are a lot of things that we grew up on so I w if they're going to be translated I would like to see them translated well um, so that was this episode of that Brooklyn film show you can find us um, wherever you get your podcast Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify Stitcher um, and please remember if you're enjoying the podcast to rate, review, and subscribe thank you and goodbye